Hey, Art of Intention listeners, and welcome back to this week's episode. Okay, I have a quick question. How many of you out there have attended college or university and it wasn't quite the experience you had in mind? We will definitely be getting into it, but both Beth and I have had college experiences. I attended a community college and Beth went to a CSU or a California State University. And while there were a ton of highlights, I can't help but look back and wish I had better understood what I was about to be getting into and what to expect. While I think it's a great place to grow yourself and learn, I think my years in higher education would have looked a lot different if I was prepared for the things that happen underneath it all. And what do I mean by this? I mean pushing of agendas, pressure to rid of your family's roots, challenging your your beliefs, a straight up very liberal leaning environment, and sometimes untrue information. So we have thoughts. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Art of Intention podcast with Beth and Ayla, two best friends turned creative entrepreneurs. This is a place for us to discuss everything business, friendships, and faith, and occasionally more. We're so excited for today's episode. We think you're going to love it. Stay tuned. All right, everyone, we have lots to unpack here, so let's just jump right into the topic. So I'm really curious what kind of discussion we can get rolling here after the episode's up, like on Instagram and stuff, because I personally think I've observed for the last specifically three to four years that the entire idea of go to college, get your degree, get a job is crumbling. And it's probably been crumbling a lot longer than that, but like that's when I've started to see it kind of hit mainstream news and media. People are like talking about it a bit more. Um, Like I said, I'm sure it's been a long time, but like maybe I've just been focused on it in the last three to four years. And I feel like we've mentioned this slightly on previous episodes. So I'm excited to actually get into it and really talk about it today. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I would agree with that. I would actually, I think, say I've been observing that crumbling for about almost 10 years now because starting the beginning of our, the beginning of college, I was even hearing people say, stuff like that. Okay. Anyway, so, but yeah, uh, I think it stems from a lot of things. For one, I think a lot of kids have been finding themselves at the end of their college road with their Mm -hmm. degree in hand, $100,000 of debt and no career path. So of course, you know, you have your doctors, nurses, lawyers, where I'm sure the system of education and getting a job works a lot better. But for every person who finds success after a long education road, there are perhaps many people who have found nothing and maybe mm. ended up starting a business, which if that wasn't what your degree was in, you feel like you're starting over or they're mm-hmm. working in retail, going into the trades. Um, I think a even bigger reason that young people may be turning away from higher education and the reason we think you should prepare yourself before pursuing education is the not so sneaky push for woke agendas, ideologies, the push to leave behind your religion if you're a Christian and the pressure to just be like everyone else around you when it comes to morals and beliefs and just the whole thought that it's like a big brainwashing system. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I've toyed a lot over the years about university, like my experience in it, um, furthering my degree that I did get if I ever wanted to, because I could theoretically like enter college as a sophomore if I wanted to Mm -hmm. and just do two more years, get my bachelor's and go into like whatever practice. Uh, but I look at the state of universities today and I just think, oh, good. I didn't waste my time. Like, yeah, I it's hard because I love learning, but yeah, I don't think there's anything that would put me back in university like that with with everything we talked about and just how they are. So, yeah, it's a tough choice. Well, and uh, as we kind of flush out this topic, Ayla, why don't you just to get started, start with your college experience and then I'll I'll go into mine after. Yeah. Okay. 
For sure. So I started community college in 2015. And side note, I think I downplay that sometimes. Like when people ask about my college experience, I'm like, oh, I just did community college. I just did whatever. I was there for three years and it was really hard. Yeah. And I got my two AAs and I'm very proud of it. Anyway. Yes, um, as it should be. But to this day, I really do have conflicting feelings on it. I loved some of my classes. Like I loved getting to learn outside of high school. Like I just, I hated high school by the end. I could not wait to get out, but I went straight to college. But I loved that. Like I wanted to be there. I got myself there. Like I was there because I wanted to. And I loved the learning for that. So like all of that was great. Yeah. Um, I actually have very positive outlooks on community college because if kids aren't sure that they want to go to college I think it's a great option that's not gonna like I graduated way without debt and got to feel out that a four-year degree wasn't for me so yep I really like it for that reason I started as an art major so I loved my art classes and I loved getting to pursue that and like be creative throughout the week Uh, And then, of course, I had to take my core classes, your math, your sciences, and one of them was Psychology 101, and I was hooked. I loved that class, and I found myself having so many questions that the professor didn't have time for always, and Mm -hmm. um, he encouraged me to look into more specific psych classes for the next semester where we'd have more time to, like, get into uh, more specifics of it. So I loved it so much that I double majored. So then I I studied both art and psychology, and truly, I really loved it in the moment. And I'm still thankful that I did it and what I took away in that time and for the friends that I had. Um, However, all that sounds great, but this was a period of time where I drifted so far away from Jesus for so many Mm -hmm. reasons. So I'll try to tell that story the best I can here because I blame that on a few things. It was definitely me and my headspace at the time. It was the people I was around and it was what university was telling me. So it was just kind of like this perfect storm of a lot of things that caused me to just go on a not talking basis with God for a little bit. And it was nothing he did. It was all, it was all, all me. So as a lot of you know, I'm a born and raised Christian, always have been as, uh, and never lost my faith in Jesus, like never lost that. And generally was going to church or some kind of Bible study throughout all of this. I think I took a big break from anything church for a while there, but, uh, in high school, you know, loved my youth group, loved church, all of that. As high school moved along, probably the last year and a half of it, I started having like a tiny little rebellious side, as I'm sure Mm. most of us did. It probably (laughs) sounds so wimpy to kids who like, you know, went and committed crimes in high school. I didn't do anything like that. But you know, for what rebellion was to me in our family, you know, just started like having a little bit of a wilder side. And I was excited to start college, to have my own license, to leave the house more so when I like wanted to have some more freedom. I probably would have happily like moved out at 16 because I just wanted to experience that freedom so much. Now here I'm as an adult and I'm like, mom, can you cook me dinner? No, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Same. So, <laughs> so, you know, started, started feeling more rebellious, like in my heart by the end of high school. So that was kind yeah. of already brewing. I enter college uh, as a pretty strong Christian, or I at least thought I was strong at my, in my faith at the time. Uh, I don't know how this happened, but I literally had no idea about politics when I was going into community college. Like I just didn't care. You know, my dad would watch the news and I'd see Congress and I was like, this looks so boring. Like literally do not care. And I didn't understand how politics affects 
your day today like you know i was 17 and i was like whatever this is stuff that happens over there this doesn't affect exactly so i just didn't care which is fine for that time but i i didn't know the difference between like conservative liberal any of that and i have no idea how but i and i didn't know that most universities lean liberal or you know fully are deep in it I had no idea what any of that was. I had no idea that there wouldn't that there would be so many people who weren't raised like I was. Like I knew other people weren't yeah. Christian, of course. Like that was expected. I went to public high school, like I know. But politics, I don't know if other things are different. It did not come up in high school. Like you did not know that about each other. Yeah. So uh and like I had friends who, you know, were gay and stuff in high school and I was still a Christian and that was just it was it was different times. Like a lot of stuff was just a lot smoother and easier. Yeah, exactly. So almost They're much more of a live and let live in high school, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like not everything was so politicized. And I think high schools now are probably a lot different than high school when, when you and I went. But I think so too. Almost immediately going into college from friends and professors, I started being told – actually one of the – yeah, oh man. One of the first things I heard was like this is a great time to – explore topics beyond your roots like if you grew up in a strict household which I thought I did at the time I look back my house was fine like it was fine it was not that big of a deal <laughs> like it was completely I think I had one of the less strict households out of all my friends really but uh you know yeah you get college kids telling you that if you grew up Christian you grew up like strict depressive whatever yeah. and you're gonna be like yeah so I was actually told this is a great time to explore like outside of what your family ever let you be and to really become your own person and if you grew up in roots that aren't true you can you can leave that and again not like this ever went to Christianity I never stopped believing in God and that that was all mm-hmm. real like I never stopped any of that I always had faith but some of the oh, well, if your family was raised this way and if you were taught to do this, this is a great time to get away from that. Straight up what I was told, this is a community, like not even the most liberal of liberal colleges. Like this one was very chill compared to- It's in a conservative area too. Yeah, it was in our town, which is very conservative. Like it's probably the most chill that you could go to, but it was still right away being like, this is a great time to become your own person and not who your parents want you to be, which is so divisive. So like- separative I don't think yeah and I understand if you grew up in just maybe the worst home situation like actual abuse and yeah now is a good time to get away from that but that's not what they meant and I don't think you would need those people to be telling you that I think you would know that by now like yeah you know yeah yeah so and I I kind of took that I was like sure you know like I I had um yeah, just like a lot of anger leaving high school and that translated into anger towards my parents. Again, none of it was real. None of it mattered. But I remember being, you know, it's just rebellion. You just, you think it's your parents are age. wrong about everything. Same. And you have the audacity to be 17 and think you know how things work. So yeah. I think I was in this bit of like, yeah, my parents have never understood me. Now's like my time, whatever. So that was like some of the, yeah. some of the foundation. Uh and like I said, never lost faith in God, but I definitely did not honor him at, in the next couple of years that we're going to get into. First year of school is pretty uneventful. That one was pretty normal. Um, but weirdly, I do remember actually a couple months in getting invited to a Bible study and thinking like, lame, which was mm, weird, which weird. was weird. Like it was um, a like a group, like one of the clubs who was like a Christian club and I was eating by myself which was more normal to do in college, by the way. It wasn't yeah, like high school yeah. where that was embarrassing. Like I was just by yeah. myself. And this group comes up and they're like, hey, like, well, actually, so, so-and-so, there was a connection from church. Somebody knew me. And 
and this is going to sound so mean, but they looked like Christian kids, you know, like yeah. whatever stereotypes you want to throw, like a little dorky, a little whatever, super sweet. And they were like, hey, we've got this Bible study. And I was like, okay. And that was okay. weird. What a weird thing for me to think that like, I grew up Christian. These kids are inviting me to a Bible study. And I was like, you're all lame. Well, and that, and that's, I think it started so small that, like that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think that's where you, looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty. That's where you can see the spiritual battle had already started stepping onto campus. And this is what a lot of people don't realize. There is a spiritual, invisible battle that is happening when you oh, walk 100%. into a space like that. And yes. you, it doesn't, no one even has to say anything to you. You don't even have to have someone coming at you with arguments. Your spirit will be in battle the second you step onto that campus. Yes. And that's why yes. we're going to talk about everything we're going to talk about today. Yeah, Anyways, and, keep going. yeah. To slightly jump ahead, you have to know that off the bat, and I, yeah. pff, no clue, like no clue. And I don't blame anybody. I don't blame my parents or anything. I don't think no. it should be like that when you go to school to yes. learn more. Anyway, okay. So yeah. So and then also to start off, I started working Sundays at my job at the time a lot. Mm, like yeah. actually, I think I just worked I almost every single Sunday for three years yeah. straight. And oof, I won't get into that. That wasn't whatever what I wanted. I wanted to keep Sundays for church, and that just didn't happen. Yeah. And so that immediate structure of community and God, at least weekly, was taken away. So then other students around me and friends around me kind of started questioning mm -hmm. my faith. Um, not me questioning my faith, but they were like, oh, so you're a Christian? Like, so do you think that, like, little babies and more deserve to die? Or whatever questions like yeah. that, you know? I've I've heard Which, every single one. Oh, so do you think God hates gay people? Do you think that the bad things happen to good people? Do you think everyone goes, you know, like whatever yeah. arguments that people immediately, again, think, right off the bat. Well, and I was going to actually ask, so something that you, you are okay with sharing. So right. like then I want to know how you got like your friend group because you had a very specific right. friend group in college. Right. How soon did you start hanging out with these people? Was it people that transitioned from high school with you? Like, like not who, but you know, yeah. this group, you just said those people started, started questioning your faith. I mean, why is it that these people weren't doing it in high school? Is this a different group or? A completely different group. Yeah. Okay. So I had a couple of friends. To them? Right. So our community college was like in our town. So a lot of kids I yeah. went to high school with went there. But it's interesting. Yeah. We all kind of like found different groups. And that's, again, what I liked about the college community. It wasn't so clicky. Everyone kind of branched out. Yeah. And I, I, my first year, I had kind of random groups. The last two years was when I had a very specific like group of friends. So the first couple okay. of years, like I floated. And even like if I found friend groups, there was always like floaters. There were people who would like be there for a couple of weeks and then like not be there. So there was kind mm -hmm. of like in and out. So my core friend groups didn't have a problem with me being a Christian. Like they knew about it. None of them were okay. Christian, but there, there was no problem really. Like they, yeah. uh, there'd be jokes like, uh, you know, somebody would swear and say like the GD or whatever and be like, oh, sorry, like Ayla, the good Christians here, you know, and whatever, like kind of poking tail as old as time. And then again, I started putting out that same personality as, where, as well. Like I took the Lord's well, name in vain. I swore, like I started looking like they yes. did. So that's why they didn't have a problem with me because you I was just like them. Exactly. Well, and I was going to say that's where like I know a lot of people think that it's like they're like, oh, it doesn't matter who your friends are. And like, yeah, I think you should be friends with everybody. You should, you know, it's fine. Great but people, your group, good people. Yes. But, they, but right. yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Not be their friends. But I like I would say and I'm wondering if you would also agree with your experience. If your main friend group is like that, it can ship. It will mold oh. you and shift you so much. One thousand percent. Yeah. So the first couple like 
arguments I got into with people weren't friends of mine. They were like, you know, I was okay. in a group that knew friends from other groups and we were kind of all together. Oh, okay. And those were some of the ones being like, oh, so you're religious. So that was when I got a lot. Like I actually got specifically going into this, I got a tattoo of a cross on my back going to school. That was my first tattoo. And I wanted that to spark conversation, but I thought it was like, yeah. oh, I'm Jesus through this and it ended up being like oh she's religious and I yeah. and I was able to explain like no I'm not like you understand what I mean by saying yes. like, no I'm not religious I'm a Christian but I'm, I'm not Christian religious. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I heard some of that and but uh yeah so <clears throat> that was a lot of fellow students and then like I said towards the end of school and uh, I'll touch on this in a bit but like my main friend group no problem that I was a Christian but they definitely influenced how I behaved and they didn't they weren't even like partiers or anything like that but it was just like I was slowly talking about Jesus less and less yeah and in the moment I was like I'm not hiding my faith it's just like they're not Christian I was hiding it 100% never denied it I never denied like if people asked if I was a Christian I was like yes I'm a Christian like yes all this stuff but I I did my best to not talk about it yeah which is so which sucks and that's so scary um so jumping back a bit questioning my faith challenging it it didn't hurt my feelings when people did that, but I didn't have much of a defense. And our church did actually teach us little bits of apologetics and stuff, but I just wasn't very good. And I'm actually still not very good at remembering all that and like having the tools in my back pocket and like throwing it out right away. I'm like, can I go research for a day? Because I know the stuff. I just have to like put it back in my yeah. head. But at the time, I didn't have much to defend myself with other than, well, I just have faith. Like, yeah. well, can you sit and prove that God's real? Well, I I have faith. Like, at the end, it comes down to faith, which it does. Like, at the end of proving and disproving and whatever, the end result of evolution also has to come down to faith. So exactly, roll that up and smoke it. But, uh, like, that was all. <laughs> 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 that was all I had. I was like, I believe in Jesus because I've seen things in my life that give me faith, which is great. That doesn't matter to an, like an atheist. Like it, it just yeah, doesn't. So exactly. go into year two. This is when I started drinking in the college Kool-Aid a little bit. Um, I think the Trump election had just happened. And again, I really yeah. didn't care. People, I could not care less. My family, you know, they weren't like, okay, everyone calm down. They're not huge Trump supporters. Like they they think he's the <laughs> savior, down. but you know, my household and the people around me voted for Trump because I grew up in a yeah. conservative town and, yeah, and uh, I got to vote that year. So I voted for him as well. I didn't really care. Yeah. But the people around me were losing their minds when it happened <clears throat> and yeah. so upset and so mad. Um, and because that's the environment I was in every day, I started believing and listening to them, not what my family had to say on it. You know, my family had their reasons for why they voted for him and why they'd happily vote for him again. But I was like, well, they just, you know, my professors, my other students who are older than me, educated people <laughs> are... <laughs> are saying this. So I started looking up to them. I was like, they're educated. They know what's going on. And I, I don't have to get into all the specifics, but they'd say something that was like not true about that president. And I just believe it. No research, no right. nothing. I was like, they yeah. said it. They must have done the research. I believe it. And then to come years later, I look back and I'm like, oh, that never actually happened. Oh, I just didn't take two seconds to actually look that up. Oh, oops. <laughs> and yeah, that's, exactly. oh, and that's a whole thing too, of people just saying statements and me just taking it and believing it without an ounce of critical thought or looking yeah. it up because educated people were telling me this, right? So that idea agreed with everything I was learning. These people are educated. I don't need to question them. This goes into the point where I proceeded to learn and fully accept tr the truths, um, 
things like women are oppressed in America because of the patriarchy. Men are pigs. They're useless. They're violent. Women should be running the world. Like men should fawn over our every move. Like I was big into new wave feminism for really? a while there. Interesting. I never went the route of, um, I always, or I never supported abortion. Like was never okay with that. That was like kind of where I like ended. Um, never. I, I, you know, like, and I still to this day, if that's somebody's story, I don't think you, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to say what you've gone through and what your life is, but I, so I like that yeah. for me, you know, I always knew that's like where I draw, drew the line, but kind of yeah. everything before that of my thoughts towards like men and whatever, like fully went that route and was like, no one will ever understand what it's like for me to walk around and like, oh my gosh, Beth, it's disgusting. I had you, no idea how you saw much of that like part of me, I but yeah, and it, not nearly as crazy as other people get, I will say. But it was like in the small, like little conversations I had with my mom, and she was like, "That's not ever happened to you." And I was like, "Yes, it is." Like she's like, like, "Your mom's like, girl, yeah, you're fine, girl. You, you're, you're fine, yeah, yeah." So and I like, mom, yeah, yeah, and you know, went to the everybody is racist thing again. Not nearly to the degree mm. of today. This was in 2016, so things were a little less insane. They were getting insane, but they were a little They're less insane. There today but like they're building up yeah yeah so basically that's kind of how I started to become uh I also believe there was no room for science and Christianity to meld like interesting because now I fully believe that you know like when talking about Christianity with friends uh I would try to like basically the argument in college was you cannot use science to disprove religion and you cannot use religion to disprove science so like you can mm. talk about science you can talk about religion but the two can't be used to prove or disprove Ooh, each other yikes. and now i highly disagree there's books yep. like signature in the cell there's i think if anything science proves creation so I much know. but that's what i was told was you can't if we're discussing science you can't bring up religion and if we're bringing well, why do you think religion, like the two are always separate well, and why do you think? Like looking back, it's like, oh, they do that on purpose. They yeah. do that on purpose because if you try to meld the two, they're going to tell the same story. Right, yeah. Anyways. And so, yeah, I believed everything that teachers told me about America and colonization, that that badness was in our roots because of, oh, my gosh, Beth, it was crazy. Uh, I was oh. told that men in the arts, like poetry, theater, music, had more worth than the men doing trades and building houses because they really? were the rugged, old, conservative guys. And I was like, you should be an artist. No you should be like that soft. And again, I don't have a problem if you're a guy and you do music. That's not what I'm saying. But like the arts were so much more important than the men literally out there building that. the houses we live in. Oh yeah. Wait, you, and, you, you went through a period of believing that? No way. Yes. Like, oh my gosh. I yes. did not know that. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Move on. Keep going. That's well, so like, cool. and again, it was so baseless. Like, oh, well they're, they're contributing more to society because they're in the arts, not literally building the freaking houses that you have to <laughs> live in. <laughs> like oh my, my husband gosh. now does trades and he does so much day to day yeah. that like just does yeah. so much that Very nobody somebody could look at him and be like come on little timmy you don't want to get a job like him and he's like like he's part of the people that are like the actual backbone of society backbone and of like society. We, exactly. we would crumble without them yeah no literally wild behavior so uh, <laughs> wild behavior i also believed that i grew up in a far right strict christian household beth you know my family 
I literally know your family. Yeah, you know that that's not true. The and fact that you didn't even know what politics were. That's the thing. This is what's so funny. Looking back, we can laugh. You didn't even know what politics were. So you couldn't have been in a far-right family because they were not indoctrinating you by being like, now here's what we think about this. No. And this is what you're going to believe. Because you didn't even know what it was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's crazy. I never even <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> this is why they're a year. Doesn't develop until 25 because we're, yeah. we're too yeah, young in was, college. We're too young. So. Oh, at 17 and 18, I was the worst. And then oh, – uh, No. Actually, no. Uh, 19 and 20 was so I was the worst. Just, you were never the worst. You never were. But yeah, like uh, – and basically, like, I, I never wanted to lose Jesus, but I didn't have to be so Republican. And yeah. pro- again, progressive Christianity wasn't – I don't really think it was a term back then, maybe, but I never heard it back then. But that's yeah. probably what I would have become had I continued down this path. Yeah, that's absolutely. what I was leaning towards. I agree. So then by the end of my three years at school, by the end, because it took three years and then I went through a pretty big shift where I obviously did away with all that. But by the, by the end of three years at community college in a Republican town, mm-hmm. this is who I was. This was what my brain was telling me. And I... By the end, I was smoking weed pretty consistently. Sorry, parents. Um, Sorry, <laughs> I was not doing well, like mentally. Uh, like mm-hmm. it was in a huge depressive state. Um, so smoking weed when I could, drinking when I could. I was underage, so like whenever it was around, if I could find it, basically, absolutely raging about yeah, like feminism, you know, anti-Republican, whatever, to anyone who would listen, in a serious relationship that was not godly and it was um, emotionally abusive on either side and isolating uh, because this person wasn't a Christian and I was trying to maintain that. We ended up, and I'm not going to talk about this too much, but we ended up going down a road of like, well, you're not a Christian. I am. And that's just the way we are. Nobody else has to understand what we're doing. And that's what I was told. Like, nobody has to understand us, but just us which is isolating. And instead of dealing yes, with the it problem, is. it's, oh, well, this is just how it'll be and nobody else needs to understand. Interesting. Uh, and I made mm. so many compromises when it came to Jesus. I actually gained a reputation in my friend group of I was the super cool stoner hippie, but I still love Jesus. And I reveled in that. I was like, this is the yeah. coolest thing I can be. Yikes. So Yikes. that was my, like, everything I said in the beginning, oh, cool, I got to learn fun stuff, but this is who I was by the end of it. Like, what the heck? So there you go. That's me. That's and that's me. She says, "Yeah." The rest of it, like with my testimony, is kind of, I guess, a separate story. But I will yeah. say, shortly after my college experience, is when I went overseas to do um, youth with a mission. It's a mission school, uh, so a school of like Christianity missions, all this stuff. Yes. Like, believe it or not, I still wanted to do that by the end of all of this. Like, that was still something I wanted to do. And I was just going to go on this quick little trip because I had already signed up for it and it wasn't going to change me, changed me. And then Ch- that's how you get who exactly. I am today. But <laughs> anyway. Wow. Jeez Louise. I I remember so much of that. But that was also, well, as we've talked about before on the show, part of the time when we weren't talking as so much because I was away at college as well. And we just, you know, yeah. I think that we both sense that that we were changing and it was kind of like tough for us yeah. to, cause I was worried about you. And even if some of the many things were. I didn't know, many were, <laughs> Did you know my said? mom tells me whenever we hang out, she's like, Ayla, I was worried about you. Oh, she's like, I God. prayed for you. You were, you were being Aww. crazy. And she was the one that you were having conversations with. You'd say something and she'd be mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Oh man. But well, and then I, I, like I'll let you get into your story, but I remember too, like this didn't happen to you in the same way, and I think my spirit was bothered by that. Like yeah. you know when when you are not doing well in the eyes, in, like with God, and you see somebody else who is, instead of being inspired, it kind of like makes you mad. It makes it, you be like, hurts. oh, you're so perfect. Makes and you feel guilty. And, and I think that was my attitude towards you because that didn't happen oh, yeah. to you. And you were doing well. And like you were with Chad, which was a good, healthy, Christ-filled relationship. And I was like, okay. And it wasn't anything you were doing wrong. I was just like so on this other path that like it upsets your spirit when your spirit's yeah. trying to be like, hey, maybe you should be more like this person, you know? So right. well, I it upsets. I, I was like, I should be more like her probably, right. but that would – mean coming to terms with what I'm doing is wrong and I don't want to do that. And you so. have to change. Right. And I think that yeah. when you're hanging out with people like that, it upsets the demons that are tormenting you and trying to convince mm-hmm. you to do the other stuff. And it's those, it's those that get angry. And yeah. So, and I understood that. And well, I think after a few conversations with you, I finally understood. I was like, I think she just not really understood like your perspective, but just kind of understood that you and I, I, I thought that you thought I was being preachy and I was like, cause I right. was trying, but you were my best friend. I was like, I want to yeah. tell you my opinion, but no way I say it will not come off as preachy. Right. And so I just, right. had, oh my I, God, I do yeah. remember all that. Yeah. Yeah, Jeez. exactly. So, but again, you were, again, you were such not, a not good friend. Fault, you were such a no. good friend. Because, not me well, because you, no. well, you, I, but I get that. Cause I stand by that so much now. If I have friends who aren't doing something right like something and not like you're wrong I'm right but it's gonna hurt you of course I say like speak up on that so and you were just like you were just patient while I was dealing with what I was dealing with and I was also just scared to bring stuff up I didn't really know how to do it I you know we hadn't walked we'd always been so in step our whole lives and it was kind of like well how do I bring this up and also being unsure there was a period of time too where I was unsure I was like does Ayla need from me to just be there and we just need to like live in our past and just totally disconnect Mm. from life and politics and religion when we're together or does she need me to plant some seeds Mm. and remind her hello think about this and I didn't know which it was I think like a bit of both was the correct answer but yeah probably well good no and honestly like you yeah well and honestly no you weren't the only one do you actually remember I'll cut out his name on the episode but Yeah, yeah of course okay so that friend of ours when I first started dating this person that was like that serious relationship and I was really unsure about it because he wasn't a Christian, but I was like, I don't know, like maybe it'll be fine. <laughs> maybe yeah. this will be an episode one day, but girls, it's not just, yeah, just, just find a good man, yeah. a good strong man in your church. Just, just do yeah. that. Just but do I it. actually remember, I actually remember this friend came up to me to talk about it and he he was like, Ayla, I have like a word for you, like a prophetic word. And he was like, it's about who you're going to marry. And I was like, okay. Shut up. Okay, tell yeah. me. Yeah. And he was like, did you know like your husband is going to be an absolutely on fire man of God. He's going to be so strong in his faith. He is going to be able to like guide you. He's not going to – it sounds so mean. He was like, he's not going to be some like whatever person you just met in this town. Like Get with – like – without drive or ambition he's gonna be like this this and this and I was like oh okay great and I took that and <laughs> did not apply it to Eddie I was Wait. like that's great surely he was wrong was and then like you were dating other person or yes you were about I had to- just start okay. I had just okay. started it yeah okay. I had just started so that's why I, I kind of like didn't listen I was like okay great and this kid was like so prophetic in that way like so oh, spiritual yeah. like you like 
you know, anyway, still like, is, I, believe, I very yeah. well could have trusted him. It like would have been right. But I was just like, okay, great. Surely that wasn't for me. <laughs> like I just didn't listen. Surely. And, then it's <laughs> and then it's hilarious. Sorry. I don't think, yeah, it's hilarious being married now and thinking back to that and being like, huh. Interesting. Anyway, I don't know if All I ever told you things. that, but you, he told me the same thing. Basically I had started down this path and he was like, by the way, I hope you know, this isn't the path for you. Like mm-hmm. you were not the only one <laughs> who thought that. So. Yeah. No, yeah. Anyway. I, that makes sense. And I think he was probably really pulled by God to tell you that because he wasn't the kind of person who would really butt in. I think when he had yeah. something to say, it was because he felt like he was obligated to, which is interesting. It's But, and you know what, you know what I would like, what I'm learning from you telling me that, that all of these little things, like you even just rejecting what somebody told you when they're coming to you with open heart, like, I believe this is from God. I have something for you. Mm-hmm. Like that's, these are all signs of spiritual battles going on. Mm-hmm. And if you're a parent yeah. listening, you have kids, even if they're young kids, just these are signs. These are signs that the spirit is being disturbed and being pulled a certain way. And if in yourself, if you're like, why am I like so not open to this? Or why am I angry at this? That's a sign that you are having a spiritual battle and you're being tormented in your spirit. Yeah. I actually, sorry, this is, I'll let you talk to you. No, this is no. like my last part, but that reminded me. Uh, so when, like a couple years in, I'm dealing with all this. I'm dealing with this relationship. I'm dealing with like who I've become. I was still going to like a young adult's Bible study that whole time. Uh, on and off though, right? Towards the end. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There's sometimes I, there was like a year memory. where I, there was like a year where I didn't go like at all. And then I started going back and then, yeah, like I would kind of make excuses like, oh, I'm kind of busy with church, yeah. kind of busy. And I would I try to bring, that. and I would try to bring this person who I was dating to this. And it just like over time we just made excuses of like oh he can't come he can't come now I can't come now yeah. I can't yeah yeah I was, but, I was gonna ask yeah but and I taught I processed this relationship with a leader of mine what he's the leader of mine it was one of my favorite people on this planet it's Daniel yeah an absolute legend I looked up to him so much he really mentored me through a lot of what I was going through and I remember talking to him just about all this stuff and I was like I just can't hear God about it <laughs> like I just I just can't I pray mm-hmm. and God isn't saying anything I ask what I should do and God's not saying anything which it literally cracks me up because he was <laughs> like he so was but you know like it's, it's what you said the spiritual battle and I was like and I'm like uh, yeah, I'm like, I just can't hear God. He's not talking to me. He won't answer okay. me. This leader was like, I just got a picture. He was like, I see you. Like, you're sitting somewhere and crying, like, praying. And you're like, God, like, you know, and whatever. Saying, like, God, like, give me a sign, give me a sign, whatever. And he's like, now I see Jesus walking up to you. And he's opening his mouth. And you're slapping duct tape onto his mouth. And continuing to ask him for answers. And then you're pressing his mouth like tighter and tighter and like suffocating him. And then you keep asking for answers and you're suffocating him. And I was like, what the heck? Like, and that was towards the the end, like before I went off to missions, like that's kind of like what I had in my head as like my life started to turn around. And I literally, I will never forget that because human nature, you start to do that again. You start to like ask for prayer, but you don't, or ask for answers but you don't want to know the answer that god has for you because maybe it's not the answer you wanted so then you're like just kidding not that answer and or yeah oh my gosh that's amazing that's very i'm glad that that spoke to you and stuck with you and i think that's a great example and i think also would you agree that sometimes the answer or sometimes it's also you just refusing to admit where the answer is like in the bible yeah you know like there, oh god already gave us answers you know 
So oh, 100%. And, and the answer at that time was to turn away from that relationship. It was to turn away from some of the friend group. It was to yeah. not necessarily quit school, but it was to turn away of everything else I wanted to do, try to party on the weekend, like try to drink, all this stuff. It was obviously to lay all that down, stop making excuses at my work and get back into church. Like it, that was all the answers. But I was like, oh, just kidding. Uh, la, 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 la. Like, you know. La, 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 la. <laughs> So anyway, Beth, I want to go ahead and hear about your experience because yours was completely opposite to mine. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear all about all about yours. Okay. Yeah. So because it was different, I'll see if I can organize it well. Um, Should I start with all I can start with building up to college, if that's okay, just because I think that my experience was impacted by that. Okay. So no, um, that's why I wanted to hear because I know your family and kind of what that looked like in your house. So definitely. Yeah, definitely go, go for it. Okay. All right. Um, I so I entered college pretty oddly enough, actually more prepared on a spiritual and political level than anything else, actually. I didn't have, like, the best study habits or, like, super clear direction for my future, but gosh darn, I knew what I believed and why I believed it. And this was mostly because not (laughs) – mostly because of not how I was raised necessarily. Like, yes, same as you, Ayla. I was born and raised Christian with church pretty much every Sunday. But there were some specific choices my parents made in the last few years leading up to college. And I don't know why they decided to start doing those things when they did. Um, I'm guessing they just – that's just how it happened. Um, and I'm grateful that it happened because for me, it was like perfect timing. It led me right up to the edge of then right when I went to college. Um, but, and I can go into the more later if you want, but basically yeah. my dad got super into apologetics, um, a few years before I was going to college. And so conversations <clears throat> around the house became very deep. Everything shifted and we were yeah. encouraged to ask questions. And even this is where it was different answer. We were encouraged to answer tough questions. So not just Mm. to ask them and be fed the answers, but my parents would feed us questions and say, how would you answer Mm. this? They would be like, um, you know, what do you think about this topic? Like, how how would you answer if someone came up to you and said this to you? Mm. So our parents forced us to really think through tough issues until we came upon a satisfying solution. And they also forced us to question and research everything. Um, kind of like yeah. you said, Ayla, when you were talking about in college, like you would just kind of accept things as true if you heard someone say it. We yeah. were taught the opposite. If someone says something, you immediately research it. And you research it not just with Google, but with the Bible. Mm. Everything is in the context of compared to the Bible. That's just one of it. Also, and again, this is this goes so deep. There's a reason why you compare it against the Bible. And it's because we believe that the Bible, we see it as a historical document because it is. And we know the context of the Bible and how old the texts are and how well they're proven to be true. And it's like its accuracies and all those yeah. things. And um, that's, that's so good. I think so many people our age don't even know how to do that. I'm no. still learning how to do that. Like that is so valuable anyway. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what my parents, that's this shift that happened in our household, even up until one summer, I think it was my junior year summer, our parents actually sent all of us four kids, or well, it ended up being all four, but sent us kids away to a summer school for apologetics. So we were away for the summer at this thing. It was called Summit Ministries for anybody who's interested. If you have children, you need to send them to this. I'm just saying. Um, And the funny thing was I really didn't want to go at the time. I just started talking to Chad. We just started like flirting. I wanted to start dating him. I remember. Yeah. You were like, this is the worst. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, You definitely remember. It was was a really inconvenient time. And it was literally just a school where you go and you learn all about 
history and science. It's apologetics. So you literally are in school for apologetics and, you know, you're bonding with 300 other students who are there, all different walks of life from all across the world. Like there are people from all over the world there. It was crazy. Um, and I ended up coming, I had a pretty bad attitude through a lot of it. I'm not going to lie to you. I was again in my, like, just, you know, you know, bad attitude teenager, but I learned so much. And even in the moment I knew it was priceless because I was hearing, I was getting history lessons about, you know, things and I was learning about science and, and I was like, wow, this is crazy how it relates to, to, to God. And anyways, so definitely a lot of that carried me through my college years, but also just the experience I'm remembering as I'm thinking back now, the experience of hearing people explain faith through science and through history and through fact that Mm. by itself, even if I forgot every word they said and couldn't repeat it, the experience of hearing that and seeing that that happens carried me through college. Because even if I can't remember how they argued, you know, for the existence of God through historical text, I still know that they did it. And I still remember that they pulled up resources and that they walked us through everything and proved Mm -hmm. it. I still remember that that happened. Okay. And it would be easier for you to reference, like to find again, if you wanted to like have that conversation, like it gave you some of the tools, even if it's like, because no, you can't remember every single thing all the time ever, but it gave you the tools to have them. You have that. Yeah. Yeah. And the confidence to to go research it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so – and actually – all right, so moving on a little bit. Sorry, I didn't want to get stuck on that too long. Actually, Ayla, what you said reminded me of this as well. I also went to college without even really knowing the difference between conservative and liberal. I actually had to Google it, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's what that is. But because my family was not a political household either, I actually – wasn't sure of my parents politically. I mean, I was because if you trace back the bio, like, okay, if they believe this and this and this, they obviously right. have to be more right-leaning. Um, right. But my mom has never, to this day, never said what side of the political spectrum she's on because yeah. she doesn't have to because she says her her religious beliefs. I know her faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you cannot yeah. have – they really aren't at the end of the day. They're not mutually exclusive. If you are following the Bible, you are going to end up on one side of the of the line. Okay. Yeah. That's what anyway. my dad says though. He's like, I don't know. He's like, I just want to like talk to Jesus. And I'm like, yeah. there you go. Like, yeah. yeah, totally. Yep. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like that. And I think it's good for kids to grow up. Like you don't have to know about politics. You teach them about faith and, you know, politics is downstream from your, your faith and your religion. Okay. Um, so yeah. I uh, had a foundation, though, this is what I'm trying to say, for mm-hmm. how to investigate things related to faith. And I had already worked out what I believe and why I believe it. And that was so big. So I was able yeah. to tackle every political and religious issue that came up with a strong formula and a good foundation. Okay. Um, into my college experience, honestly, college years were pretty straightforward. I was in the health and like slash medical, like science field. So it wasn't an open as openly political as others, but the university was very political. Of course, it was just a CSU. It's just very, they're all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really discovered politics of college when I was an RA, a resident advisor. I was a resident advisor during my second and third year of college. At my busiest, I was managing like 120-something students. It was like three buildings I was like working over. And we had like weekly meetings where the RAs were all brought together. And we were basically taught what messaging they wanted us to spread to the kids. And without going too deep into it, unless you want me to, it was just really brainwashing kind of stuff. It was just – 
Yeah. Uh, none of this stuff, as I would sit in the meetings, I was like, none of this has anything to do with them them able to pass classes, helps right. them figure out where they're going in campus, helps them live a better life, become comfortable All the, like, in the social environment. stuff. Yeah, it's just absolutely mm-hmm. pointless. It was just stuff that didn't and, – and in my – okay, and a lot of it was contradictory to common sense and disrespectful to the students' autonomy and freedoms. We are being told mm-hmm. to go and limit their freedoms, being told to go and teach them how to think, and it was stuff that we didn't even agree, agree with. I was lucky enough, I will say, to be an RA with Chad during the first year, and after every meeting, they were our Tuesday meetings, after every meeting, we would be so frustrated. We'd have, we would have all these pent-up thoughts from just sitting in the meeting and listening, and we would literally vent and talk politics and work out the problems for like two straight hours with each other. Oh, wow. Two yeah. hours. Minimum. I mean, I'm talking minimum. Like that's how that's how frustrated we got in those meetings. Wow. And how much stuff they brought up that was just ridiculous. And um, like it every once in a while, and I really loved this, and I'll get more into like conversations in a minute, but I loved every once in a while when it would the meetings would end and a few people would stick around and we would kind of have slight debates and conversations with other RAs that were open to it about the topics. Like there was one mm-hmm. about cultural appropriation and that was one of the topics that was talked about in the meeting. Right. And we were told we had to go out and teach the students that everything was cultural appropriation. And there was one at one point, I'll just go say this is kind of funny. So it was Halloween was approaching. And one of the RAs was Mexican, like fully, literally, like her family was still living in Mexico, um, mm-hmm. at least partially or mostly. And she wore a sombrero for or no, she didn't wear a sombrero. Her little tags on the door. She had to we had to put name tags on all the students' doors so they right. knew what door to find. Hers were little cactuses with with, with sombreros on. And oh, yeah. the leadership yeah. made her cha- – by the way, these take weeks to make. They made her mm-hmm. take all of them down, completely redo them because they were cultural appropriation. Oh, and gosh. we were just kind of like – I was oh, like – I was like, wait, you're literally from Mexico, right? Like you're – and she's like, yeah, I'm literally Mexican. I don't see how this is cultural appropriation on my – these are my – I'm sharing my culture with them. And yeah, I made – I literally made it. Yeah. You want to know what's insane? No one said anything besides us mm. or th- or people would complain behind the scenes and then completely comply that was scary yep. and it was yep. weird it was weird that behind the scenes we can all go that's insane but in the meeting okay okay oh, we'll do that ugh. yeah no anyway, oh my gosh well, I know exactly what you mean yeah. yeah so that's where I would say again with like Chad being there that's where I learned firsthand how vital it is to have a like-minded and like moraled friend in college to talk about this stuff with okay yeah so Kind of turning to my interactions, like I said, with others, one of my favorite parts of college was having conversations with people who disagreed with me. I loved hearing their perspective and learning new ways to share mine. Oh, you're and- so good at that. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but really? yeah, you're so well, It makes me I nervous, but yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm nervous too. And I've literally cried out of nervousness during those conversations before. Oh, okay. I have had. <laughs> Don't worry. No, it's not. I, so I, there was one particular conversation that kind of happened out of the blue. I was shopping with a friend. She was an RA too. We'd been friends for a couple of years. We randomly go thrifting together or something. We're in the car and she had not, she had just stopped being an RA. I was still an RA and we were talking about, so I was like, yeah, I'm just getting kind of fed up. You know, just all this stuff is happening. She's like, what stuff? And um, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, and then she's like, that's when she kind of discovered how I was really not on her political end. And the funny thing was she, I thought she was a Christian. She introduced herself as a Christian and she was so far on the left. I, it, we had never talked about politics before really. Hmm. And we ended up having like an hour conversation in the car. I cried. I tried to express my point of view. It didn't go well. 
I just felt she made me feel like a terrible person because she was like, if you believe this stuff, you just hate everybody. And I was like, I yeah. don't. I just – this is – and I I was so caught off guard. I was like, I want to talk to you on the basis of the Bible. Like, how can you believe that? Because your Bible, your Bible says this. And she was just like, oh, I don't, I don't believe the Bible. And I was like, what? And I was just so mm-hmm. caught off guard. And she said, she she's like, how can you believe in the Bible? Because it's been translated so many times that you don't even know what the original thing said. And I'm not going to lie. Again, you think I'm so equipped. I didn't know what to say to that. And I went home, called my dad, who is again into apologetics. I can always go and ask him questions. And I was, I think I called, you know, both my parents, whatever. And I said, how do I respond to this? I I know that Mm. what she said was wrong. How, what, what, how was the Bible translated? Like, can you remind me? And he was just like, oh, that's simple. Remember the Bible wasn't translated from original text to Greek to German to Swedish to it was translated one to the other it's translated from original text to English from original text to German it's never translated more than once it doesn't need to be and I was like I'm so dumb how did I not know that so I I wouldn't have known no I got I got asked these same things these same things and I was like I don't know I just have faith that it's all fine like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I knew no, I needed to have better answers than just like it can, yeah, at the end yeah. of the conversation. It can come around to you just have to have faith, but you have to show them first that there are a lot, there are some, there are answers to some questions. And yes. even if it's not all of them, there are answers to some. And so I ended up, sorry, I know I'm going off on a tangent. I'll come right no, back. I, I love promise. It. Keep but going, keep going. I did, <laughs> but I did end up hanging out with her a couple months later and I did bring up I out of the blue because I felt so I was so burdened by it and I was like I just want her to know I know it's not going to change her mind but I want her to plant the seed I want her to know that the Bible was not translated 50 times mm-hmm. and so it, it we know what the original text says and the original text by the way which has more copies of any original text confirming the Bible than any other text in history. We, you know, historians, yeah. well, sorry. Oh, I'm going off on a We have tangent. more than so, we do from like Socrates, from like Plato. We yes. have more <laughs> proof we of take the Bible than, fact. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. take those as facts. So uh, at a historical standpoint, oh, historians- college philosophy classes, don't yeah. even. <laughs> oh, don't even. But yeah, from a historical standpoint, historians have to admit that the Bible is one of the most true and proven texts on earth because of all of the, the, the um, documents to back it up. Okay. Sorry. And the other yep. sources. Anyways. So I brought Fire. up to her, I was like, I just want you to know that the Bible wasn't translated. It, you know, it was just translated this way. And she was just like, okay, whatever, you know, and it just was like that, right. but I just wanted to plant the seed. But yeah, so I, so going back down to what I was saying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved having these conversations. They didn't always go well, but I loved learning new ways to share my opinion and to grow. And anyways, um, not always with the goal of changing their mind, but just planting the seed of truth and sharing another perspective. Plus, I'm not going to lie. And anybody who knows me knows this, but I love arguing. I do. I A lot of people in my life tell me that I should have been a lawyer because of that. And if I liked reading more, I probably would have been. But anyways, uh, there was this uh, kind of another little side story, but this is one I wanted to share. Um, there was a guy in particular that I would see during my duty rounds as an RA. So once a week, resident advisors, you have to take duty rounds at like 8 p.m., 10 p.m., 12 p.m., and 2 a.m. And you have to like walk okay. around and like check for stuff. So in between rounds, um, I would see him in an office. I would go in and during like the two-hour breaks, I would talk with him. And we would debate for hours, like the whole time. So he was a liberal Catholic which I came to find out is very common. It's actually very common. That's Mm -hmm. Catholics in in college. Most Catholics are liberals. And there's a whole reason we – I don't need to go into it why, but that's 
very, if you, and that's where I went wrong with my other friends. So the friend I was just talking about, she would say she was a Christian. And so I was so caught off guard when I found her politics, I found out she was not a Christian. She was a Catholic. And then I was like, okay, it all makes sense. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so no, I'm not insulting her. I'm, I'm not insulting right, Catholics. Right. No, I'm just saying like about the whole, there's, yeah, that whole branch yeah, is, that's exactly. interesting. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting that a lot of Catholics are liberals, but in college you find that a lot. Um, and I just, they, and that's why I don't really prefer when somebody, I mean, it's not up to me. It's not, people choose their own words, but I don't like when people, when Catholics say they're Christians, because I think that mm-hmm. it's just not, it's not the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I would sit and debate with him like the whole two hours. And when I tell you, those are some of my favorite conversations I've had in my life. We were mm-hmm. both so respectful and so attentive the way we would listen to each other speak. Not only is that rare, just in normal conversations with people, yeah. But with the debate like this where you disagree, the respect we had for each other, and we were basically strangers. I honestly know almost nothing about his personal life. We literally, I walked into an office one day. He was talking with one of my RA friends. They were talking about a political topic. I chimed in for a sentence. He looked at me and we were locked for two hours in a conversation. It was instant. Wow. And every single duty round after that for many weeks, we did the same thing. And um, anyways, by the end of it, I was more empathetic and understanding towards others and their perspectives. And I changed his mind on a couple of really big topics by speaking and giving examples that, you know, he wouldn't have heard anywhere else anyway. So overall, kind of rounding it out, surprisingly, my politics and faith didn't change really at all in college. Um, they got, I got stronger in my faith, I'd say. In, yeah, in some it sounds ways. like you grew so much. Like My politics got really strong, I'd say. But yeah. Yeah, like but you anyways. had the foundation, but then like your understanding and it just grew, it sounds like. Right. That's what I was going to say. I gained a tremendous understanding of politics. And the big thing was other people's viewpoints and cultures. I really met and became friends with a huge range of people of all beliefs, all walks of life, all cultures. And I gained more empathy towards people's beliefs. And um, you know what's interesting? I actually learned when I became an RA, I learned exactly why people are left-leaning. I understand why people are liberals now. I 100%. I walked into the first day of RA, RA training. I was so nervous. I thought I was literally going to throw up because I was in a room full of like 200 people, strangers. Uh, it was kind of formatted like a summer camp. We had to go there like a couple weeks early for this training. And mm-hmm. um, I'd never been to summer camp. Always scared me. Um, so being shy, I literally felt like I wanted to crawl into a hole. I was praying that I would either be invisible, invisible or that people would really like me. Um, so the second I walk in, this nervous, overwhelmed. I start to get like overwhelmed, regret my decision. And a woman comes up to me I've never seen before. And she goes, hi, Bethany. We're so excited to meet you. Like, how are you? Like, oh my gosh. Like, how have you been? Here's your name tag. And just start talking with me. And not in a fake way at all. She was genuinely just like, she knew my name. I was like, how the heck do you know who I am? How do That's you, do you memorize everybody here? How did you know my face? You had to know my face. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like, and other people just heard her introduce herself to me, heard her say my name. Like, people know that I'm not a nobody. Like, oh my gosh, I felt so good, dude. And like the hmm. way that they make you feel so heard and right. understood and that you're always right and you're always clapped for, you are just the best thing ever. You know, everybody's opinion hmm. counts. Like all through training, I realized it's where you go if you want to feel seen and heard and it's just I see why people are drawn in. I let's just say that. And that's what everybody wants. Everyone wants yeah. to feel seen and heard and validated. And right, yeah. 
I thought about that with jobs I had later. I'm like, oh, if I was liberal, I could like weasel my way out of this so much if I wanted to. Like if I were to like get in trouble, I could easily be like, oh, well, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, it's right. Make, and it not, makes things easy on you, right. but yeah, yeah. And I'm not, and I'm obviously not saying that empathy is a bad thing. I'm not saying that no. them being friendly and it's a bad thing. That's not, it's not a bad thing. Um, but just constantly living in in that way. Obviously, if you've listened to the show, you know Ayla and I believe there is a truth, and that living in reality is a good thing to do. And yeah. um, anyways, but that's a topic for another time. Uh, but yeah, I just kind of uh, learned a lot, and just really had a good time talking with others. So yeah, I just, and I really did learn that you can't convince anyone of anything unless they feel seen by you and unless they feel like you understand them first. That's wow. That's so crazy. Cause again, I didn't hear all the ins and outs of your experience in that either. Like same deal. We weren't just like, we just weren't talking about school. Yeah. I remember you became an RA and it's actually funny. Cause I remember you talked about like the checks every two hours that you had to do. And I think you were like, Oh yeah, it's for kids. Like if they're doing drugs, I have to like tell on them. And I was like, I you know, yeah. smoking weed. And I was like, you're literally my, that would be my enemy at the you time. You like, the enemy, which I'm not going to lie. Chad and I are not afraid. That's again, we were not afraid of being people's enemies. Cause we're not there yeah. to just let everybody live. Well, cause here's the thing too. We seen people die like I I that's another problem with me with the more liberal perspective of live and let live and like everybody's true your truth whatever I don't mind being the bad guy if it can save lives and I I get Mm -hmm. that everybody wants to smoke weed and drink alcohol and when you see a girl who's your age you maybe have seen her before past had conversations with her and she is literally suffering from alcohol poisoning and might die and you're calling yeah. the ambulance not to get her in trouble but to hopefully yeah. save her life yeah, totally, it changed your whole perspective totally. and it just we were chad and i were very strict our race we were probably some of the most strict we didn't let anything yeah. fly and uh, some stuff it was like whatever you can ignore it you know or if you miss it it's fine and we weren't seeking people out like trying to plant things yeah, and cause yeah. problems. But if something was blatant, if you're holding an alcohol bottle in front of us or if your window is open and you're literally taking shots out the window, if you're that <laughs> dumb, yeah, you're going to get caught. And maybe maybe we ended up saving your life or your college You know, Yeah, then you career. didn't drive or then you didn't yeah. – totally. Yeah, totally. So, but – Anyways, yeah. yeah, I know. I know. We knew it made you an enemy of people, and we we understood that. And um, but it's also like it's a job somebody's got to do. And hopefully, if you can find a way to do it and show people that you care, and be reasonable, um, yeah. that you can end up making more connections than enemies. And that's really how it ended up being for us. So, and we really learned. I mean, I I could literally, like you always say, you know, that this could be a whole other episode. I could literally do an episode all about the RA experience. And if you guys are interested in that, I'd be happy to. The amount <laughs> oh, of stuff, yeah. you guys don't understand. If you want to, if you want to learn how colleges work, talk to an RA, one mm-hmm. who's willing to spill the beans. There is a lot of dark stuff that goes on and a lot of things that you don't realize. Resident advisors are just being taught how to brainwash you and they're pretty open about it. So yeah. oh, that's we crazy. Were, no, I, know? I do want to hear more about it. Cause like we, I actually like, still have so many thoughts and I think we'll get to them but like I didn't have that same experience because community college works a little differently like you really got to see some stuff that like not everybody does and I know like that some people like I've got cousins and stuff going to school and some people might think I'm crazy by having the the opinions about college that I do but it's like I want you to know it's not I'm not pulling it out of my butt like I'm not just making this up (laughs) 
for no reason. Exactly. Like, I, yeah, it, it's real. It's real stuff that's going on that's being taught. And it's not like, oh, I'm just a little different than you. So you think I'm pushing an agenda. Beth, you saw. They're like, oh, here's our agenda. Push it. Like, and, and to the point where there's threats, there's okay. And it's not just big stuff, it's little stuff too. And it all adds up. So it's, and it's the way it's done in a manipulative fashion and subtle in some places. It's just such a technique that's not meant to be kind and educative and empathetic, yeah. it's meant to brainwash. And again, I don't think it's a bad thing to share other perspectives. And even if you're a more political leaning organization one way or the other, that's fine. But like, dude, we weren't even allowed to say certain things. We would literally lose our jobs if we would have said, I wasn't allowed to say Merry Christmas. I wasn't yeah. allowed to say the word guys at all in any mm-hmm. context at all. Yep. Like because we literally were being, and just the, the, the jobs I've had, lives. not the one I have now, but um, in our city, it it's actually a farming city. So it's kind of half and half, but it's a city. So it has city stuff. And there's one area that's very liberal, like very, um, nice area, but it's, uh, there's a very specific people (laughs) there. Um, nice, actually super friendly, same idea, super nice. Everything, everything you do is valid over there. But, uh, I was very careful about saying like, happy, you know, I said, happy holidays. I tried to say, how are you two? Not you guys. And then like later I was telling Chris that and he was like, why? He was like, just lose your job and say Merry Christmas. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you (laughs) You know, like about it when you're in it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's the danger of it though. You think it doesn't really matter, but all of a sudden it all adds up. And it, um, especially if you're an impressionable person who's hearing everyone do this, we were just talking about your experience, Ayla. If everybody's kind of acting a certain way, you're going to be, you're going to end up acting like that too. It's sneaky, but it's not. Like, I feel like if you're working there and you're part of it, like you, Beth and RA, I feel like it becomes not sneaky very quickly, but then you go to challenge it and, and people are pretending like it's not going on. And I don't know. It's scary to me how quickly, how it took less than a year for me to take in truths that were not only woke, but straight up just anti-God and the Bible. Prostitution's good. You should, you're a good person for doing it and you're not, you know, and it's not like, I'm not, I'm not talking to people who get down on hard times and take desperate measures to try to make their life better and then try to get out of it. Not saying that at all, but you know, like the glorification of sex work. That yeah. is not biblical. It never will be. Yeah. No matter how that sounds. And I just fully took it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's all good. This is all good. Um, you know, pushing evolution. Abortion's a good thing. All these truths that like, not truths, all these things that they were trying to make truth. Yeah. Um, there were actually more things I wanted to pursue and study, but didn't. Because like I said, even though I was going down this path, um, like I took anthropology. I talked about this on an episode and there were lots of ideology shared in anthropology. I loved studying people and culture and thought about before I majored in psychology, thought about taking a major in anthropology. But oh. I looked over the curriculum and I would have had to take biological anthropology, which is the study of evolution. And I knew that I was going to have to write papers. I was going to have to do research that wrote that as truth. And again, yeah. I could never go down that way, could never do it. Um, I, uh, I didn't pursue psychology for the same reason. Um, I thought about maybe doing it after my time with Youth with a Mission because I really liked it. I liked the idea of going into like um, therapy for children, something like that. But again, uh, well, it wasn't like this at the time. A couple years hindsight, I can look back at the psychology industry and think it's gone whack. Like 
I am not a fan of the setup of like therapy and stuff right now. And that could yeah. be a different conversation, but it seemed, you know, at the time I wanted to get into it to help people. And it seems like now therapy is a bunch of just telling people that they have their problems and that they don't have to get better. Keep coming back to me a hundred bucks a week for me to tell you that you're valid despite all your problems anyway. Or powerful uh, medicine that's, that's iffy. Yeah. That I make money for prescribing you that you probably <laughs> don't even need. And uh, this gets very spiritual, but there's a lot of things that I that you can chalk up to science and human psychology, and there's a lot of things that I think are spiritual. Right. Learning about schizophrenia, you're going to sit there and tell me that that's just science and that that's not literally demonic, what happens yeah. to people, or DID, people literally thinking they're turning into something else. I believe, like, a multiple personality disorder, like, and, you know... It's depicted inaccurately in movies. That's actually a weird one in like the psychology field. There's people who do agree and don't agree that it's real. But I'm like, you're, you're arguing that like something takes over this person and you don't think that's demonic. You don't think that's yeah. spiritual. Like I understand the science behind it, but I was like, I could never pursue a career like this where I can't Same. tell people that that's spiritual or like yep. pray for people who are struggling with that. And um, same with depression, same with whatever. Like I had a story with being very depressed in my college years and being free of that and coming back and looking back at it. I'm like, you think I wasn't listening to just like the dark spiritual side that was there? Like, yeah. you know, and so anyway, like the more I grew in my faith, I just realized like, I'm not saying you can't go to college as a Christian, but it becomes a lot harder to chalk things up to science, philosophy or whatever if people won't let you talk about God. Like I had a psych professor who was very atheist, very like in an angry way, like really? did not like Christianity. And he would talk about like, you know how sometimes maybe you have a dream that you're going to get like hit by a red truck. Yeah. And then the next day you're crossing the sidewalk and maybe a red truck almost hits you. He was like, that's purely coincidence. That will never be. Or like maybe, you know, your subconscious observed that red truck the day before and you had a dream. And I'm like, see, that's just God. Like, I'm sorry. Like that yeah. is just like... Stuff like that, you can explain to science to me all you want, but I have to live my life well, knowing that, like, that was probably Jesus. If you're Christian, I guess. If you're yeah. not, then I guess well, I don't no, know. But that's where I would say what you were saying earlier. It does always come down to faith. Because science, right. again, that was his opinion. He wasn't giving you facts to prove that can never be spiritual because there is no proof that's never spiritual. And just like you don't have firm proof that that's God either. They both come down to faith. So yeah. he's going to believe that's purely a coincidence and you believe right. it's God. Yeah, so. in either way, right? Either and way. then like the last point I kind of have, it's just like I had so many points about <laughs> what was being pushed in school and I think everyone gets it. It's <sighs> the teachers don't know everything just because they're professors. Oh. And granted, they all went to university, which is pushing the same things. And maybe we should do a part two because I kind of want to do one yeah. on how they're supposed to be medical yeah. professionals or psychological professionals in their industry. So you're going to take everything that's as truth, but then there's equal professionals on the completely other side. That'll say a completely different thing. But you'll never hear them because the universities nope. won't hire them. Exactly. Exactly. They yeah. can have the same degree, the same, whatever, and have completely different things, but yet exactly. You won't find them in university. Exactly. Yeah. Like I had a, my brother-in-law went to the same school that I did. And he talked about he he had to take a speech class. And I specifically didn't take this teacher for this reason before going into it. He had a speech class. And the way our speech class was set up was like over the semester, you had two projects. You had to give a 
informative speech and then a persuasive speech. So one is just explaining how something works and the other one is actually trying to persuade your audience. So the first one he did, his informative speech was how to play beer pong. And he got an A, like, because, you know, the professor was like, silly topic, but you wrote your outline, like the actual check marks, you wrote your outline, you delivered it this way, you provided examples. A, his persuasive speech was why President Obama was a bad president. Presented it in the same way, wrote his outline, presented it, F. Shut up, a straight F? Straight F. (sighs) And I was like, straight F is like, if you didn't do the assignment, yeah. You know, like that should be right. So it's just like, and again, little Republican town. So I, when Chris and I have a family, I am nervous for the day that they come to me and say they want to go to college because I love education. I, I love when kids get into books and music and art and science and all of this stuff. Like I, I don't want to be that parent who says, no, you can't go to college because whatever. But I, I've like, I don't want to tell them that they can't go, but I, right. I'm at the point in my life where I, I want to tell them that actually, like, I can't tell them that they can't go, but I want to say, how about you work for a couple of years? How about you travel? How about you do trades? Like you have to do something, but how about you do something that's not that because you might find a more successful career that way without going through the three years of nonsense that I had to go through. So I, like, I, I still don't know what we'll do when that happens, you know? I think, and this is where, so let's get into giving uh, our thoughts on what both parents and young people can do oh, in preparation perfect. for this. Ooh. Because I also think you have to remember that when traveling, they can come across this too. You don't know what – it's all about community and environment. And so I think equipping them for whatever they choose to do is going to look the same, at least on my – so that's my opinion. Is like I yeah. I have some things that I would say if I had children or – if I'm talking to somebody who has children or if I'm talking to a young person who's about to go into college, this is the kind of things I think they should be doing before then. And it starts a few years before. It's not just right before. It's not like, oh, I'm about to go mm-hmm. in six months. Um, okay. So I – let's see. I mean, we've already kind of been mentioning it. So maybe we'll just summarize some of the stuff we said. Yeah. yeah so sure. number one, I'll just start with the most obvious, kind of what I was saying before, is have those conversations a lot around the household about – not about politics, but about foundational stuff, mm-hmm. what they believe and why they believe it. Teach them how to ask tough questions. And the biggest one, teach them how to answer and search for the answers of tough questions. Because if you just feed it to them, if somebody asks them a tough question and they're not having somebody feeding them the answer, how are they going to know how to answer it? Right. They, you know. So that's like, I'd say a big one. I don't know. Do you want to go back and forth on something you share? Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, I think that's perfect first off. And then with that, um, a point that I made in here that I think is basically the same thing, but I wrote, um, educate your child beyond their school. You are your child's. This is like when your kids are born. So if they're already grown, I don't know, you can implement this too, but I'm talking about like when you decide to have a family, you are your child's primary educator. That is my 100% belief. I don't care if you homeschool or if they go to public school, you're your child's number one before their teachers, yeah. everything else. Don't depend on a school to 100% teach your child about the world. Things like politics, like sexuality, like all, like the Bible. If Even if they're going to a Christian school, you still need to know their curriculum. You still need to know what's going on because chances are if it's um, a public school or if they've already started going to university, they are either not teaching your kids the things they need to know about the real world or they are in a very bad way. So when it comes to what to expect from college, um, 
the hard topics, politics, sexuality, whatever, how to get into your Bibles, you're, it's up to you. It is. It should not be up to other people or schools to teach that to your kids. Like if you want them to be successful in college, you're, you're their primary educator, like always. So it's kind of like what you said, Beth, like not only teaching, but then yeah, discussions, make them answer like all of that. And it should be very intentional. Yeah. So, and another one, um, this I think is bigger than maybe some people realize, but, uh, keep God in your household in regards to going to church every Sunday. I am a really strong opinionated person that church needs to be gone to so religiously every Sunday if you have kids in the house because it it's actually in preparation for how they're going to live their life. Church needs to be such second nature and a habit and something that they automatically go to. It needs to feel weird for them not to go on Sundays. And when they're kids, yeah, they're going to cry and complain about it. I cried, complained, kicking and screaming many <laughs> Sundays, didn't want to go to church. But my by my parents doing that, it taught me that this is how you keep your faith up. It's you saying to God, you're, I know it's inconvenient for me to go to church, but you're more important than my homework. You're more important than the things I want to do. I'm mm-hmm. willing to spend half of my day because you don't get out until 12 or one sometimes on you. And with that, um, I'm just going to really quickly jump into another one real fast, Ayla, if you don't mind. Yeah. Having um, like-minded and like-moral friends to vent with and grow with in college is very important. But this is where – that's kind of something that happens in college, but when we're talking about preparing for it. So this is where, um, again, teaching them at going to church is really important because if they go, they're going to meet people. And also, I believe that Bible study, church groups, church clubs in college are really important. Um. Because this is most people think that church like becomes less important once you leave the house for college, but this is why you need to make sure it's a habit to go every Sunday. Because as soon as you're in college, you're gonna have a thousand easy outs for why not to go. It needs to be like second mm-hmm. nature to go every Sunday. I know I'm kind of getting repetitive. So, Ayla, why don't you share another one and then? Well, yeah, no, I think that's great. And no, it might sound like easy and like, oh yeah, no duh, but I. I wasn't going to church that entire time. And I made excuse after excuse, exactly like you said. And if it had been second nature and I just had some more of the Bible in the back of my mind, not even when it comes to defending my faith, but just living it out, it's it's easier to hold yourself accountable once every single week. But but yeah, and then I also wrote to literally sit down and explain to your child heading off to college what to expect. And I'm talking more than once, like not just like, oh, your stuff's in the car, by the way, yeah. college is a liberal, good luck, you know, like, you know, just in the years preparing as they're applying for schools, if that's, you know, the path they want to take. Again, I honestly start with like, encourage them to work for a year before going to school. Cause you know, you learn a lot more having a job in the real world yeah. and you learn more about the real world. Like I actually think like a year of work in food or retail or trades will give you a lot more. Cause you're going in there from the perspective of somebody who's worked yeah. Not saying kids didn't work in college, but not everybody no, no. did. Some people just went to school. I yeah. met a lot of people who never had a job before, and that was actually insane to me. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I digress. And exactly. So what you'll learn, just having a job in general, being a part of somebody who has to earn their keep, all of that will teach you, in my opinion, honestly, more. There you go. There's some free advice. Just work <laughs> instead of go to school, and you'll learn more. But you know, like I kind of would almost encourage that. But if they're like, no, I want to be a doctor. I want to go to school. It's like, okay, well you know, you might hear some things at some point. And again, make this daily conversation, not like one talk and then you're done daily. Like 
second nature that the world's a hard place to be in. You're going to have to stand up for yourself. And I'm not talking like peer pressure, drugs, like your kid might go to a college party. Like that's, you know, I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about the sneaky stuff that you might hear something that is completely opposite to how our family runs. You might have, you might hear something that is confusing, that is hard, that doesn't make sense. And you might hear it from somebody who's teaching you and you might think that like, oh, that's fine. Come tell us that. And this is the other point I have with that is like, I hope that you have a household that's cultivated to where, yeah, like you talk about things that your child feels comfortable asking you questions so that in the case when they do hear that sex work isn't bad in college, that they're comfortable coming to you and being like, that's not what you told us. Why is my teacher telling us this? Can we talk about it? You know, so just like saying like, you're going to hear stuff that that was not right in our household. And I don't want you to be scared. I just want you to come and we'll talk about it so that you as the parent can be aware too. But, but I I agree with that. But I think also being aware is important that for a lot of people, even if the parent does everything right, um, that yeah. that's just so natural to be rebellious at that stage that the kids are not yeah. going to come back and ask. So yes, definitely yeah, be available because there are some kids who are going to choose to do that, be available and cultivate that environment. But I think that this is why it starts so many years before these conversations about how do you deal with people who have different opinions? How do you, yes. you know, defend yeah. your faith in your own heart? Not, not even talking about arguing, but how do you answer the tough questions that are presented? And just so you know, when you go out into the world, in the workforce, in college, you're going to have people who don't agree with you and who present you with tough questions. Something that my dad said before I went to college, and I wish I could remember the exact quote, but I'll just kind of explain what the point of it was. It was just that like, if you do not explain to your kids the tough questions, or if you do not give your kids the tough questions and the answers to them, then the first person who disagrees with their faith in college is going to crumble their whole world. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I like that, like defending your own heart, not even your own to others, like your own. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. And I guess the other hard part to swallow is like, I come from a perspective of like, I don't want my child to go through what I went through as far as like having to unlearn all of this hard stuff. Cause then I had to deal with everything I just talked about with Jesus later. He and I had to deal with it and it sucked. It sucked Mm. so much to know that I had been like disrespectful to him and dishonoring to him for years. I've come out of it. It's chill, but like you go through a moment of refinement where you have to kind of sit and hear that you were wrong for a long time and ask for repentance and say, you're sorry and that you won't do it again. And then you have to learn how to be like a person again. I had to learn what is right and wrong again. How do I feel about homosexuality and homosexuality in the church? How do I feel about drugs and my friends who use drugs? How do I feel? And right, like re almost do it all. Even though I grew up Christian, I had to like, now I'm an adult and I have to figure all this stuff out. So I come from the perspective of like, oh, I just want my kids to be safe from that and just know. But the other reality of like, when you become a parent, it's like kids have to do stuff to learn it. You can tell a four-year-old to not touch the hot stove and they're going to be like, hmm, I think I got to touch it anyway. Yeah. And then learn. And then they have to be crying with a burn on their hand to learn. That's why we don't do that. And I feel like even... I, even you too, Beth, and me for sure. I feel like we all went through these points where we thought we knew better. Let's go try it. And then you fall flat on your face and you realize, no, like my parents were right. And so that's just the reality. Like maybe, you know, like you can prep in your home all you want and this still happens. But again, you still 
yeah, be the house they're ready to come back to when yeah. they're ready to come and back and like figure it all back out. But that that's the scary part. That's the part I'm like so scared for. But don't be hopeless. Like I want to tell you, don't be too scared because there are ways that where I think you can send them off better prepared. Like again, like for me, I do think that right. I had a little bit less falling on my face to figure stuff out, even though I am very strong-willed and I kind of need to like F around and find out to be honest. Yeah, it's true. To be honest, like you can tell me something, but I'm sorry, I'm going to find it out in my own way. However, my parents taught me another way to find out, and it was through researching and questioning everything. Mm. And so instead of there being only two choices, like either you're a perfect little kid who never goes and even touches the alcohol or anything, you're just so scared of everything, you're just like, oh my gosh, who would ever do that? Or the other option being, that you party and you find out the hard way by falling on your face. The third option I had was let's just observe and let's think and let's research and let's Mm -hmm. come at this from a logical standpoint and have a reason why I'm either going to or not going to do it. And a reason that affects me personally and a reason that I really have that I believe in, not because anyone else told me to, but because I have an argument that I'm going to have for the rest of my life about this. Mm-hmm. And that was with everything. So there is a way to send them off, even if, because I'm not going to lie to you, I did not get along as, as good as people may have thought I was doing in college with all of this stuff. I didn't get along with my parents in college. And so right. I was not going back. Like I said, I would eventually maybe ask my dad a question if I needed help with something theological or my mom, or I'd call my mom, mom, how do I deal with this, you know, stain or this sickness or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm talking like maybe five times throughout my entire college experience. I called my parents to talk or ask about something. And, mm-hmm. but they, but they sent me off well-equipped in mm-hmm. really unique ways so I think there are still ways to, even if your kids aren't going to get along with you, they're right. still going to, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that's, it. I'm not no, a parent, that was actually so I don't very, really That was know. actually very encouraging. No, that was good. Like, yeah, because it, it gets into like, you just want to protect them, right? Because of what you went through. But like, you don't want to be a strict parent. Like, I don't want to be strict because, you, you know, you and I know. You, kids get sneaky. Like, you know, being a strict parent doesn't necessarily mean everything's going to be perfect. But, no. but yeah. The last point I made in this little section, it kind of sort of leans in. But the last point I had for, like, prepping your kid to go to school, if you're getting ready to go to school, but specifically if you're a parent and your kid might go to school one day, is learn this stuff for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a whole other topic. I wish so much more that so many more um, people our age and grown adults – had apologetics in their back pocket. Yep. I don't think it's talked about nearly enough. Defending your faith is not talked about nearly enough. It is wonderful if you've always had faith. Somebody like my grandma, her faith is unbelievable. She's like, mm-hmm. she told Chris when he met my family, she was like, I prayed for you every day since that little girl was born. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't gosh. doubt that. I bet she yeah. did. And she just, and she said, she was like, and like, you know, I knew it was you. Something like that. Don't doubt that. Oh. That faith, like something about like, older, strong faith is amazing. But I also just wish that apologetics was passed down like it was in your family, Beth. I wish that was more common among other families kind of for this reason. Um, I think we need it more in today's world. Yeah. 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 And that's the other thing is probably without social media so long ago. Well, everything just, I mean, North America used to be just a lot more Christian than it was today. So maybe you just don't have to worry about it so much. But anyway, the last point is to learn this stuff for yourself. If you have questions, if somebody were to walk up to you today and say, if God's real, why do bad things happen? And you don't have an answer. 
it's time to start looking for one. It's okay if you might know it in your heart, but it's time to look for how to articulate that, how to word that in preparation, because having faith is great. But when your kid gets tossed into a sea of sharks who don't care whether or not you have faith, it's a good idea to give them, to give them some more tools. And I, I, I don't have a book for this. Somebody probably does, but how to do it at age appropriate times. You can talk about this stuff when they're five, when they're 10, when they're 20, um, in different age appropriate ways. And I just think, yeah, yeah. Sorry, not to interrupt, but I think something that's always age appropriate is just going to be the Bible. Teaching your kids that the Bible is truth and the fact, and also teaching them when they understand how you know it's a fact and how you know it's a truth. Mm -hmm. Just that's what one of the big things my parents did in the years leading up to us going off to college. It was like, compare everything to the Bible. Any political question, any moral question, any lifestyle question, just ask the Bible. And that's, you know, how you're going to come up with mm-hmm. part of your answer, at least. Um, sorry, were you going to keep going? Because I had one more. No, that was pretty go. much it. Yeah, I like that. I like that point. I think that what you said was really good. Making sure that you have answers. Yeah. The one other thing I was going to say, and this kind of goes mm-hmm. along, I know with all the other things I said, but less is not more in college. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is, especially in college, when you're constantly hearing a thousand different perspectives of false teachings, I think mm-hmm. it's actually important to be hearing different pr- perspectives of the truth as well. So like I was saying, church on Sunday, plus Bible studies, plus small groups, plus the Christian club on campus, um, all of them that you can. I think that that should be something you really encourage your kids to do. Or if you are going off to college and you're like, man, how am I going to like meet friends? Those groups. How am I going to stay strong in my faith? Those groups. How am I going Mm -hmm. to find, how am I going to avoid the temptation of partying? Find other things to do with those groups. You know, you need other people. It's like, if you're solo, like not a friend in the world to help you with this. Oh, I, it'd be so hard. I think. Yeah. I love that too. I love that too because I remember like, you know, the occasional church to Sunday I made it to versus the Bible study that I went to versus the people who were on campus. All three would be different. And in this case, difference not wrong, but I think that's, it's important to be around older adults on Sunday. It's important to be around kids your age getting on fire about this stuff. Like I no, I think that's awesome. And empathizing with each other because again, the problems that your parents and grandparents went through in college are not going to be the same ones as you're going through today. Yeah. And I remember yeah. sometimes having conversations with adults and I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is going on on campus. Like, oh, our world is changing. And, adult, and I there was some adults who would be like, oh, that was ha- that kind of thing happened. It's just a phase when we were on campus. It'll go away in two years. And then it would be stuff where I'm like, I don't think this is going to go away. I think this is where no. society is going. And, and it hasn't, some adults, and it and hasn't it, gone away. It yeah. hasn't gone away. Society has gone that way. Exactly. But yeah, like you said, the people in those groups were different. So yeah, that's have all those different groups. It is necessary. Force yourself to go. If you feel like you really don't want to go, but you don't exactly know why because you know you should, that's a spiritual battle. Boom, right there. Yes. So. Oh my gosh. Oh, this was so good. I like if Beth and I didn't actually have like work to do today, we could probably just <laughs> keep talking about it cuz I I honestly, oh, what you just said at the end about like the spirituality and the battle that's on there too. I want to talk about that so much too because it's so I think other Christians get nervous talking about that when I say like spiritual mm. warfare and something we actively have to be doing. So I guess yeah. like, yeah, I'll end it with that last little piece of advice too, is like go into it with prayer, like quite literal spiritual oh prayer, my gosh, observe yeah. your music, pray, yes. have people praying for you. Oh, I didn't even talk about, this wasn't in the outline, but like music is something music. I can talk about, like music, books, like 
just if you if you're going in and I don't know I have thoughts about like I obviously still listen to lots of secular music like I love music I listen to absolutely everything and I'm not saying do away with anything that's not Hillsong when you go to college but when you're in such a spiritually sensitive area just be just be aware of what you're taking in I think like yeah. I know you have different opinions than I do. About no, music, just slightly. But, just slightly. Right. I just think that people don't believe how much this stuff impacts you. It's kind of like, okay, so I talk about oh, this yeah. with like carcinogens all the time. So when people talk about how plastic containers have carcinogens in them, coffee is a carcinogen, you know, right. alcohol is a carcinogen, the GMO in our food, carcinogen, all that stuff. And people go, well, but the argument has always been like the manufacturers of plastic containers. The amount that's in there can't hurt you. You would have to, you know, have 10 times the amount of it in order for it to actually give you cause a tumor. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the problem is if every single thing in our lives that we're eating, touching, breathing, wearing, sleeping on, doing has slight amounts of carcinogens, guess what? Everybody's going to get cancer. And that's what we've seen in the same way. If everything you're listening to has a little bit of some secular messaging, if everyone you're hanging out with has some secular views and that's how mm-hmm. they live their life, if everything you're hearing, reading, you know, doing for homework, yeah. that's where yes. I say, guess what? In my opinion, I think you should be protecting everything you're listening to. It should not be that way. So I know that not everyone agrees with that. And I think you have really good right. reasoning not to as well. You know, balance right. is key. I know what you're Well, saying, and when I see secular, but- I don't mean like – sinful I mean like oh if you're listening to like some guy with a guitar sing about camping I don't really care about that you know very neutral but But, like yeah but yeah then there's secular that go I'd say honestly anything mainstream media any mainstream music today you shouldn't bother listening to like honestly but that's yeah yeah yeah. no I agree and I think that not everyone does agree and I think that not everyone understands especially if you're at that young age where you don't get it we didn't understand I didn't understand why my mom didn't want me to listen to that stuff I thought it was harmless and now looking back I understand even seeing friends who walked through cutting out like Christian music in their lifestyle and then watching their lifestyle change. Like, I feel like I understand now why it matters. And I've also watched people, I mean, again, this would be another episode, but I've watched people talk about how music is used yep. in spiritual ways. And music oh, I didn't, is fine. I didn't have listen. no idea yeah. how the spiritual intent behind it. I didn't listen to a worship song like in my car for two and a half years straight. Like, yeah. wow. You know, if I, if I happen to catch it at church, but like playing it in my car at least two years like never did and and uh I could go into the other music I was indulging in and the effect it had on me and like yeah I wonder like oh man I was so depressed in college and then you look at what I was listening to like oh my gosh so yeah I just anyway oh sorry go ahead no no I yeah I know we're rounding out here but I the amount of people that I know who think that music is harmless I always just or other things like any little thing Mm -hmm. and I'm just like there's like oh it's one little thing who cares it's not a big deal I'm like well I think that you just don't realize how much it's affecting your life and it does make me sometimes concerned when I see people who are Christians and all these little things don't really add up you know they're they're Mm -hmm. listening to music that's not so great and I I can tell that they're pretty much only listening to that and and they also don't really go to church on Sunday and you know all the and it's like okay I just, just be aware, be aware that those little things, you know, I I wish I could tell them, but again, I don't, I have a hard time sometimes bringing these things up, but there are some people close to me in my life where I'm just like, I, I don't think you realize. And the thing is like, you, you've said this before, Ayla, you've talked about how you don't realize it Mm -hmm. when you're in it. 
you don't yeah. realize how it's oh changing. no not at all well and it's like oh the music i listen to doesn't affect me okay cut it out oh see see what happens oh you can't oh you refuse oh it's actually like an idol in your life oh okay or you do cut it out and then you oh immediately like there was um when I left all of this and went over to do youth with the mission, I had a leader who challenged a lot of students to delete all their secular music, everything that wasn't like mm. Christian. And, and I was like, no, you know, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't naturally. I just started listening to more like more worship and stuff. And like I said, now I still listen to just about everything now that isn't, you know, heresitical and dark, but you know, pretty much everything else. But there was, I think like six or seven bands that I cut out while I was there for that time, have never picked them back up again, never will, and noticed huge change. Like, just, you know, just just give it. And actually, I listened to them, like, you know, four years later, just to, like, see. And I was like, yes. this is disgusting. This makes wow. me feel disgusting. Yikes. Like, it makes like it makes me feel unsettled. So there you go. Give it a go. Your spirit yeah. you is think alive and well. Problem? Try it. You think not going to church isn't a problem? Just go to church. Oof. Just Oof. go to church and see. Just go and see what happens. <laughs> oh, you're like, it's better. There you go. Preach. I take my payment in checks. Thank you. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's go. All right, guys. As always, oh my gosh, what a joy actually to get to like sit here and hash this out. I had a ball of a time mm. today. And uh, I just I love the days like this where the topics might be a little harder to get into, a little harder to dissect. And I don't promise to have Beth and I don't promise to have all the answers all the time, but we'll do our darndest to sit here and give you tools that can actually apply to your life, your kids' life, whatever. It's so important, and we're just thankful to have you guys along for the ride. Mm, absolutely, I agree. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. Uh, feel free to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Zencaster. And if you feel inclined, leave us your five-star rating. It really does help us out a lot. Um, if you ever have an idea for a new episode, feel free to message us on Instagram at Art of Intention Podcast or email us at artofintentionpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. We are here every Tuesday. No topic is off limits. And we will see you again to do it all over again next week. Bye.